coming up. A dinner party where the main course is dysfunctional family. A memoir from a poet about loss and recovery. Plus our distraction of the week. I'm Mel. I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time. Anton Chekhov wrote, People eat their dinner. Just eat their dinner. And all the while their happiness is taking form or their lives are falling apart. That's the epigraph of the novel Dinner Party by Sarah Gilmartin. And I feel like it really captures what this novel is about. <laughs> she did a good job choosing that one. The book opens with a dinner party on Halloween night in 2018. Kate has made beef wellington and baked Alaska for her mother and siblings to mark the 16th anniversary of her sister's death. Here's a bit that sets up the dinner. Between the chopping and the mincing and the rolling and the baking, the hours passed quickly. Her last job was to pipe meringue over the ice cream and slot the dessert into the freezer. When she'd finished the spikes, she stood back to admire her creation. She was proud of it. All at once, the evening stretched in front of her full of possibility. Everything is okay, she said out loud to no one. Sadly, that meal ends with a baked Alaska going to the trash, uneaten. Oh. The story follows Kate and her dysfunctional family from the 1990s and until the present day and moves between Dublin and Carlow, Ireland, Trinity College, and the family's farmhouse. It addresses grief, eating disorders, broken dreams, and failing marriage. And the dark heart of the story is the mother. The siblings call her Mammy. She's a master manipulator who knows just how to push the emotional buttons she installed in her children. One review said, Her cruelty is compelling. We can't look away. We are appalled. We want more. <laughs> the Guardian said that this book is as interested in what keeps the family together as what tears it apart. Sounds pretty freaking dark. Yeah. <laughs> but the combination of food and family is also irresistible to me. Yeah. This is Dinner Party by Sarah Gilmartin. In December, we read you some poems for the start of the new year. One of those poems was written by Maggie Smith, a writer who lives just outside of Columbus, Ohio. In that episode, I mentioned that Smith had a book coming out. It is out now. It's called You Could Make This Place Beautiful. This book is about how Maggie Smith discovers and recovers from her husband's affair. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it is told how I would want a poet to tell a story like that. Everything feels raw. The words are punchy and insightful and impactful. The chapters are really short, some a half page long. To give you a sense, the book is about 320 pages long, and there are 208 chapters. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I picked this book up twice to just evaluate it and got sucked in immediately both times. She has this way of writing about the relationship that feels both like an emotionally wise person looking at their feelings as they happen and someone who is shocked and angry and probably crying right now. Mm -hmm. This is only going to be a ride for some people, but if you're interested in how a poet walks through her divorce, boy, I found this compelling. It's You Could Make This Place Beautiful by Maggie Smith. And now our distraction of the week. Frequently, when I'm researching a destination for a strong sense of place, I find a lot more than I can use. Unsurprisingly, this happened with London. Shocking. Yep. Today, I want to tell you about three fascinating women I found in London. 
Oh, fun. Yeah. The first is Dr. Lorraine Gammon. She is a professor of design. Her specialty is designing things to prevent crime. Hmm. Yeah. Until I read her title, I had never thought about that idea, (laughs) that you could design products and systems to prevent crime. But of course, somebody does that. Mm -hmm. Dr. Gammon is the director of the Design Against Crime Research Center, which she founded in 1999. So you might go to them if you wanted to, say, reduce gang violence in your neighborhood or shoplifting in your store. Dr. Gammon got her PhD from Middlesex University back in 1999. When she was working there, she met the second woman I want to tell you about. She met Shirley Pitts. They spent a lot of time together talking about crime because Shirley was an expert. Shirley Pitts was a notorious shoplifter. Whoa. She had a team of hoisters operating all over Europe. At different times in her criminal career, Pitts was involved in fraud, bank robbery, the escort business, and jewelry theft. Pitts was a scoundrel, a chiseler, an unremorseful reprobate. (laughs) But Dr. Gaiman really liked her. (laughs) Pitts was also wise and funny and loving and glamorous. She had a code. Pitts' love language was gifts. Go figure. Mm -hmm. And she would shower the people in her life with love and presence. Her son became an architect. He would later write of her, She was the woman who was always in your corner, who never let you down, and it was always absolutely genuine. If you hurt, she would hurt twice as bad, and if it concerned her children and it came to a fist fight, she would throw the first punch. Despite the so-called life of crime, I believe that morally there was no one who could touch my mother. Inside, she was as decent as anyone could be. That's really nice. Yeah. The underground also loved her. When she died in 1992, she was given an elaborate funeral in South London. Some of the biggest criminals in Britain attended. The national media covered it. It was a thing. Pitts learned her trade from the third woman I want to tell you about. Pitts learned shoplifting from Alice Elizabeth Black. Black was the head of a gang called the Forty Elephants. Wow. The Forty Elephants was a gang of shoplifters women shoplifters, believed to have formed in the late 1700s. <laughs> it's a Victorian-era shoplifting gang that existed until the 1950s. That's 150 years of mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> Generations of shoplifters. Alice Black was the toughest of them. She was 5'8", or 172 centimeters tall. She wore diamond rings on the fingers of both hands. She could throw a punch. In addition to having rounds of shoplifting that would terrorize the local retailers, one of the things that the 40 elephants liked to do was party. (laughs) They would put on the posh, as they say. I imagine that was like seeing a bunch of roller girls wearing the clothes they had stolen earlier that day. (laughs) If you're interested in learning more about these women, Dr. Gammon wrote a book. It's called Gone Shopping, The Story of Shirley Pitts, Queen of Thieves, and we'll point to it in the show notes. Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for more about the books we discussed today. Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself. Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon.